Welcome to Maya Online, a podcast of Hebrew College. Learn more and sign up for our intensive courses at www.hebrewcollege.edu slash Online. Maya is spelled M-E-A-H. Today's podcast is part of our ongoing series exploring the Maya Online course Journey Through the Bible with renowned Bible scholar Professor Mark Brettler from Duke University. This episode and the next will take a close look at a pair of psalms, one very well known and the other somewhat less so. First up, Psalm 23, a psalm of David. I would like to spend this segment and the following one talking about two psalms in some detail. I start with the best known of Psalms, Psalm 23. I like to read, gloss, and explicate it. It begins a Psalm of David. We're not even quite sure what that means. Does that mean that David wrote it? I actually doubt that, because this is not written in 10th century Hebrew. Does it mean that someone wanted to claim that David wrote it? That certainly is possible. Does it mean that it is a psalm in the style that they imagined David writing psalms? That is possible as well. So much for that title, what we call the superscription. Many psalms have such superscriptions, but not all are attributed to David, as we saw in the previous segment. Now the psalm itself begins. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Or, many of you are probably used to, I shall not want, the older King James translation. This particular psalm, and this is rather unusual, introduces itself with a metaphor. God is shepherd, and then the rest of the psalm is going to pick up and explicate that metaphor. Note how the opening is binary. Adonai roi. Lo echsar, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. A synthetic parallelism. Verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me to water in places of repose. Again, binary. In this case, synonymous parallelism. God is the shepherd. The individual supplicant is a sheep. It's really quite odd when you think about it, but verse 2 is really the individual as a sheep speaking. And the point is that God is not only a shepherd, but God is the best shepherd possible. The supplicant, the person praying, says that he certainly finds green pastures and places where he can relax. Verse 3. He renews my life. He guides me in right places as befits his name. In other words, it's hard to be a sheep. You have to drink, you have to eat very often to sustain yourself, especially in the Mediterranean heat. But God is the ideal shepherd, renews the life of the sheep, and he does that by making sure that the individual sheep finds finds itself in the right place where there is water and where there is green grass. 
But this verse also emerges from its metaphor, as it says, as befits his name. God is the God of Israel, and that's what this section means. In other words, as the God of Israel, God has a responsibility to take proper care of each and every Israelite sheep. And when God does so, that befits the divine name. Verse 4, and I know many of you are used to the older translation of this, which has the valley of the shadow of death. That probably is not correct. Though I walk through a valley of deepest darkness, I feel no harm, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Well, the psalmist is imagining, perhaps even from experience, that sheep get scared. And one of the places where sheep get scared is where they, when it is incredibly dark, where they cannot really see where their footing should be. Thus, the psalmist is saying that God is so trustworthy that even when the sheep cannot see ahead, the sheep feel secure. Why? Because they are being led by God, the best shepherd possible. And in terms of the second half of the verse, please think for a moment, how does a shepherd typically use a rod and a staff? It's typically to beat the sheep so that they're submissive, so that they walk in the right place. God is such a good shepherd, according to the psalm, your rod and your staff, they comfort me rather than punish me. The next verse moves us out of the metaphor and introduces a second image. And this is actually pretty typical of psalms, which do not keep a single image for an entire psalm. You spread a table for me in full view of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My drink is abundant. By the way, notice this is, an unusual, this is unusual in terms of its structure. It has three parts. It is a tricolon rather than the more typical bicolon of biblical poetry. The first part seems to suggest a ha-ha-ha-ha-ha image. In other words, I get to eat and all of my enemies are just around me and I, they're starving. God, you provide for me. This is a type of gloating, which is very different than the image of the previous verses. Then this person, now a person, not a sheep, gets anointed with oil. This might reflect a person's royalty or royal-like status. And finally, my drink is abundant. Now, literally, in Hebrew, it's kosi rivaya. My cup floweth over, I believe, is the older translation. So here, we clearly have moved away from sheep because, to the best of my knowledge, sheep do not drink from cups. They drink from rivers and streams. This short psalm concludes, Only goodness and steadfast love shall pursue me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for many long years. Again, we're back to the binary, to bicola. You could hear how this is synonymous, the parallelism between all the days of my life and many long years. 
you've probably heard this so many times that you do not realize that tov v'chesed, goodness and steadfast love, or goodness and mercy. This Hebrew word chesed, sometimes translated loving kindness, is an extremely difficult term to translate precisely. But they are being personified. They are pursuing the person. According to the Hebrew yirdifuni, they're even chasing the person. Isn't that wonderful? When you love a life in which you are literally being chased by goodness and steadfast love of God, you don't even have to search it out. They are going after you. And finally, this person says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord for many long years. Now, something we do not know is if the temple really had the equivalent of motel sex or whatever it is. Could people really dwell in the house of the Lord for many years? Is this a hyper or is this a hyperbole? Most likely, it is an exaggeration, but it is expressing the supplicant's desire to be in the temple, not because the food was good there, but because the temple was understood as the place where God resided. And there is nothing better from the point of view of this particular supplicant than being close to God and enjoying the divine beneficence of God, the ideal shepherd. That's it for today. Learn more about Maya online, including how you can help a member of the armed services take our paid online courses at www.hebrewcollege.edu slash online. We'd love your feedback about today's show. Email us at online at hebrewcollege.edu. If you like the show, please leave us a review in iTunes or whichever podcasting service you use to subscribe. Our music is from Gala, a 10th anniversary celebration of the Rabbinical School of Hebrew College. Thanks for listening.